Hey folks, you're listening to To Know the Land, broadcasting from the treaty territories of the Mississauga of the Credit on 93.3 FM at the University of Guelph. Or maybe you're listening through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. It's a show about our connections with the land base, how we interact with the land, how we learn about the land, how we defend the land. My name is Byron, and through some strange cycle of the year events, um, I'm going to be doing another show all about eastern screech owls. I wanted to really learn about them. And what I mean by this weird cycle of events is, as I was gathering my materials today to to do some research and uh, pick what I wanted to sort of share with y'all, I I thought, you know, oh yeah, I feel like I've done this before. And then I started opening up some of the books and there were bookmarks right there still on the eastern screech owl section. And I was like, this is, this is odd. I probably had the idea for the show before, but just never got around to it. And then I opened up a file on my computer so I could start, you know, arranging different sounds that I wanted to incorporate. Um, and it turns out that it, it got broadcast on the radio, but not on the podcast, that last year on January 4th, today is January 6th when I'm producing this, January 4th, I did another show on Eastern Screech Owls. So I guess the inspiration is that, you know, like this is the season for Eastern Screech Owls. And for me, the inspiration really was, well, last night, um, getting ready to go to sleep, uh, reading a book as I always do before I go to sleep with the window open and listening to just, outside and there's this trill this very quiet very faint trill and I listened a couple of times and then I called my partner over I said hey check this out and we listened and realized fairly fairly quickly that it is an eastern screech owl no one else really has that trill I guess the western screech owl does but I think they call it the monotonic trill or monotonic trill, single tone. So it's a trill that flows and it's just sort of like one long. I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm, I'll try it again. But I'm not doing it right. You know what? I'm going to play the sound and then y'all can hear what it sounds like because I think that would make uh, that would be a bit clearer. And so I'm going to play the sound from a recording from the Macaulay Library. And the Macaulay Library is, as you probably know, or if you don't know, a part of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And it's uh, this website and probably a physical structure, a building, where they collect sounds of birds. And they also collect, you know, images and, and videos and it's just this huge database of this huge archive of sounds of birds. And it's, it's beautiful. I tried to set up an interview with folks there once, but they never got back to me after the first correspondence. But yeah, well, here's, here's the sound of an eastern screech owl uh, making its monotonic trill.
that was the the clean trail. That's the one from the Macaulay Library uh, that's actually been released on an album of Owl Sounds. Um, there is an owl. There is an album of Owl Sounds, the Cornell. Uh, Lab of Ornithology, Voices of North American Owls, Volume 1. And that's the, that's the monotonic trill there. But I want to play you another one, another sound. And this one is from Marc Boisvert in uh, Quebec. And he's in Santé-Ilmer um, in Laval, Quebec. And this sound was uploaded to the Macaulay Library on January 2nd, 2023. So only a couple of days ago. And this sound is the sound, sound a lot more like what I was hearing, a bit fainter, even the noise. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna clean up the sound and clear out, take out, try and reduce the noise in processing. I'm just gonna play you the noise because it had more of a realistic sound of what I was hearing last night from my house, listening out into the riparian, edge with you know other houses in the way with their heat on or whatever noises were were there but this sound sounds a lot more like what i heard And I guess in, in my area, where I am located, like I said, like riparian woodland is right beside my neighborhood. Um, I've seen the screech owls before. Uh, a couple of years ago, my roommate and his partner were walking down by the river. And uh, I guess they'd heard a possible screech owl while they're out. And then I can't remember if it was the next day or the same day, but we all went out and I, I suggested that we go play the sound of a, of, of, a, of a screech owl to the forest and see if a screech owl would react to that playback, if one would come in and investigate, as they sometimes do. And we did that, and almost immediately uh, the screech owl, a screech owl came over to investigate, and then another one two screech owls came over and we just sat there quietly. We never, we didn't play it again. I've heard that that can disturb them if done too much. So we did it the once and that's it. And just watched as we could see only their silhouettes up in the tree appearing to sort of stare down towards us. And it was just beautiful. I, we, we didn't need to see their actual faces. We didn't need to see clearly because we could see their, 
their silhouette, their outline and form. And that was beautiful enough to just be their witness to know that we were in the presence of these screech owls and that they had come over to investigate a sound that we'd played. So, and I mean, that's just one example. Another example, actually, um, if I go back to my own archives of sounds on September 16th, last year, September 16th, I was sitting at my, at my table in my living room and out the front window, like beside the table, uh, I heard this sound. And that, that sound sounds to me like a bit of the whinnying call that the Eastern Screech Owl does. Some people say it sounds like a horse's whinny. And also a little bit of that, that trill, that almost, I, I don't want to say monotonic, monotonic, again, meaning like a single tone, because obviously it descends there, but it has like those elements of both. You know, it's not one or the other. So that was that was great. And that was around 10 o'clock at night by my front, in front of my house. I heard them in the distance. So all this to say that close by in this relatively urban, suburban neighborhood that I live in in Guelph, along one of the rivers, the Aramosa, the, the, these... These owls are very present. And the more I'm hearing from other people about these owls is that they really do well in these suburban, suburban or semi-urban environments in uh, neighborhoods with trees, older trees. And so I think that this is, it's really neat to know that they're here because I often think of owls as being like, species far away, far off, even if I know, like I think I've encountered them a lot, but it's still great to know that they're, they're present. Maybe not as present as a blue jay or a robin, but could be still maybe considered a backyard bird. Maybe, I don't know. I want to talk to maybe some screech owl researchers to talk about how, how abundant are they and how many would we find in sort of like riparian corridors in semi-urban uh, environments because they seem to be like there's a lot here, but I guess I just don't know truly. Yeah. But I wanted to read some tidbits about Eastern Screech Owls, um, some quick descriptions, some ideas of who they are, what they eat, what they like to do, where they like to hang out with, who they like to hang out with. And I, I wanted to go back to some of my favorites to start. And actually, you know what? There's going to be some overlap in facts here. There's going to be, I'm going to read from a few things. And if there is overlap of facts, sometimes I try and skip over it. And I try and like ignore those, those, those bits of information. But I decided that this time I'm not going to. So if there's... If it tells me it likes to eat mice in every book, 
and it tells me that over and over and over again, that it likes to eat mice. I'm just going to include that in this recording because if it's relevant in every book, then it means it's probably pre pretty relevant and it's good to, for me to hear it over and over again and probably for y'all to hear it over and over again and then we get that information sort of stuck in our brains that it likes to eat mice. I don't know if that's true, so I won't give you too many too many notions before I start reading. But with all this, yeah, I'm just going to repeat it over and over again. But I'm going to start with Lone Pine's Birds of Ontario, which is an okay book. It's good for when you're working with kids, which I do, so I'm going to start there. But first, I actually wanted to make mention that the name, the, the scientific binomial of the Eastern Screech Owl is Megascops Azio. Megascops Azio. M-E-G-A-S-C-O-P-S-A-S-I-O. -S -S Megascops Azio. And I just want to mention that because in the Birds of Ontario, it's using an older name, Otus Azio. Otus Azio. So it's a different thing. Um, yeah. And there's also subspecies, supposedly, of a number of subspecies in eastern North America. One, two, three, four, five of them. And the ones around here, uh, the owls of southern Ontario, are on the larger end of the scale, supposedly. Similar in size to the relatively larger owls in Colorado and Wyoming. But um, that's from a citation from Wikipedia. But then when I follow the reference, which they get that from, it makes no mention of that fact. So I don't know where that's coming from. Perhaps they're larger. Perhaps they aren't. Maybe an owl researcher can tell me. Feel free to hit me up to knowtheland at gmail.com. But yes, to the reading. The diminutive eastern screech owl is a year-round resident of Ontario's deciduous woodlands south of the Canadian Shield. But its presence is rarely detected. Most screech owls sleep away the daylight hours snuggled safely inside a tree cavity or an artificial nest box. An encounter with a screech owl is usually the result of a sound cue. The sounds of mobbing hordes of chickadees or squawking gangs of blue jays will occasionally alert you to the owl's presence during the daylight hours. The smaller birds that mob screech owls during the day may often do so after losing a family member during the night. More commonly, you will find this owl by listening to the male's eerie, hoarse, whinny courtship calls and loud, spooky trills at night. Despite its small size, the eastern screech owl is an adaptable hunter. It has a varied diet that ranges from insects, small rodents, earthworms, and fish to birds larger than itself. Unique among the apples found in Ontario, the eastern screech owls are polychromatic. They show red or gray color morphs. The red birds are less common because they're less able to withstand the cold winters here. Mixed colored pairs may produce intermediate colored young that are buffy brown. And it says, you know, the habitat is about, is like mature deciduous forests, open deciduous woodlands, riparian woodlands, just like my place, orchards and shade trees with natural cavities. And they nest in those natural cavities or artificial nest boxes. Uh, no lining is added. The female incubates for four to five, or oh, pardon me, four or five white eggs for about 26 days. 
and the male brings food to the female during incubation. And what kind of food? Small mammals, earthworms, fish, birds, insects, including moths in flight, and it feeds at dusk and at night. And I wanted to read a quick reference from Hawks and Owls of the Great Lakes region and Eastern North America by my friend, I'm grateful I get to call him a friend, Chris Early. Um, he says in the Nature Notes section, For their size, eastern screech owls are fierce little predators, taking a variety of prey, including birds much larger than themselves. I watched one fly from its nesting cavity to a perch and cough up a pellet, the ball of indigestible material including bones, hair, and feathers. After the owl left, I examined the ground below this perch and found not only more pellets, but also fish bones and crayfish claws, showing their knack for catching whatever is available. That part gets me stoked. It's like, what's a screech owl doing um, with a crayfish? Like, is it waiting for the crayfish to come up on shore? I know some crayfish species do that. I wish I'll have to ask Chris sometime where where this was, where this uh, crayfish or, or where this owl was where he saw the crayfish claws. Because some crayfish do come up on shore. I'm used to more southern. I think I've read more southern species do that. Maybe not species we have up here, but I've still found crayfish. Um, what are they called? Crayfish chimneys, those piles of mud around in southern Ontario. So that must mean that there are crayfish that are coming up on land, building those mounds. And so it's perhaps in those mounds, or while they're working on those mounds, the owls catch them. But always more to learn, always more to learn. I'm going to read a section now from Birds of Forest Yard and Thicket by John Eastman. This book is hard to find sometimes. It's out of print. But if you find it, get it. Get it quickly. Anything by John Eastman. They're really good books. Um, the seven, the small, seven to ten inch long woodland owl shows conspicuous ear tufts resembling erect horns over its yellow eyes. Sexes look alike, except for that females are somewhat larger. Plumage coloration occurs in two forms, or two phases or morphs, uh, reddish-brown or gray, permanent for each bird. Gray morphs are the most numerous in this owl's northern range. Red morphs are more common in its south southward range, but both morphs red readily interbreed. Two commonly heard calls are the tremulous descending whinny and a whistling trill, or bounce call. The screech is seldom heard. Males usually voice lower-toned call notes. Do y'all want to hear the screech? I'm going to play the screech, because that's, that's the sound that they're known for. And when I first heard it, I was like, ugh, that feels gross. Like, it feels weird to listen to. So I, I just thought y'all might want to experience that too. So here's here's the screech. Again, this is from uh, Owls of North America. Is that right? Is that the right name? Um, Voices of the North American Owls, Volume 1, by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology.
that call uh, is is labeled on the on the album as screech call and chuckle rattle and so there's no information in this to describe each sound and like what it's what it's for nothing no information in the album that i can find or at least the copy that i have um which is all digital so maybe in the hard copy there's ways to that they interpret each sound which would be lovely i would really appreciate that but i can't find it so far but back to the john eastman sorry that i'm all over the place today i'm just kind of stoked and excited and i get like this close relatives similar species include the western screech owl whister whiskered screech owl the flammulated owl all residing in the western united states and the scops owl a eurasian resident these are probably the most common owls of eastern north america more abundant than most of us realize one most detects them by hearing their calls during the evening and night in the daytime they roost in tree cavities or huddle on branches close to the trunk resembling dark colored stubs of the branch itself they become active after sunset often hunting prey and feeding throughout the night on launching forth from a prey or on launching from a perch pardon me they drop then fly straight and low to the ground rising abruptly to another perch this low flying habit results in many collisions with vehicles along highways non-migratory and sedentary a pair often resides in the same area year-round if food sources remain sufficient feeding areas typically cover about 15 to 100 acres screech owls are monogamous and apparently mate for life in the spring, screech owls, screech owls are cavity nesters. The cavity vicinity, a tree, next box, nest box, or a wall crevice, um, is the only territory they defend, though aggressive encounters with other screech owls may occasionally occur outside the territory. A pair often reuses the same cavity or finds another one in the same vicinity each year. In late winter and early spring, both sexes begin to voice their monotonic trail call signal that a cavity home exists ah courtship activities including male bowing blinking and bringing food to the perched female and the pair may recipro reciprocally preen and duet after the owlets hatch both parents become busy hunters making many back and forth trips each night bringing prey from a usual distance of several hundred feet or less. When fledging occurs, parental attention centers on the first owlet to leave the cavity, still unable to fly. Its ignored sibling soon scramble to leave too, and feeding is resumed outside the cavity, where the owlets often huddle together on a branch. This is the stage when parent owls, especially the female, become vigorously defensive attacking any intruders, including humans, with needle-sharp talons. As they gain strength and flight feathers, the owlets begin following their parents as they hunt, gradually learning to feed themselves. Screech owls raise only one brood per year. Um, again, the eggs, there's about four or five. The eggs are white and round. Incubation is done by the female, which is who is fed by the male, uh, about one month long the other books are 26 days 
Uh, feeding the young is done by both sexes, usually large insects, small mammal prey. Fledging is about three weeks. It takes about three weeks. In the summer and fall, owlets continue to be fed by parents at intervals, but by late summer they begin to disperse in all directions. They usually settle in home ranges less than a mile from their original nest cavity. Territorial disputes occur, and the screech owl's whinny call is most often heard at these seasons. The annual feather molt, beginning in July or August, continues into late fall. Until leaves drop, a screech owl pair usually roosts on branches or in vine tangles outside the nest cavity. In winter, pairs roost during the day in tree cavities. Winter mortality from predation, starvation, or flying into cars and windows takes a heavy toll, especially for juvenile owls. As food becomes scarcer, screech owls often range widely to seek prey. Studies indicate that gray morphs may be better adapted than the red or to withstand extreme cold. By late winter, courtship activities become increasingly apparent as pairs prepare to mate. I just want to stop there for a second. Why? Why, why would the gray morphs be able to withstand the cold better than the red? Is, is color, you know, what's that phrase, causation or correlation? Like, is, is there, is it just a correlation that, you know, there's something else going on? It's not about the color? Or is it the color? Is it about, like, access to sun? Who, who can absorb more warmth from, from the sun? What is going on there? Maybe something else I read along the way will help me. But... I'm going to finish this. It's not much longer. Ecology. In rural areas, screech owls favor open woodland and deciduous woodlots, often near water. They tend to avoid dense or dry forest habitats. Screech owls often have adapted, also, pardon me, also have adapted to the plant mosaic of older suburban areas that contain large trees and groves. Parks, cemeteries, and residential areas often provide more plentiful food than rural woodland, and have become frequent nesting habitats. Screech owls tend to avoid conifer groves for both nesting and roosting. Screech owls do not excavate their own tree cavities. They use natural hollows or holes previously excavated by northern flickers or other woodpeckers. They bring no nesting materials, but prey remnants and owl pellets often accumulate to form a deep litter. A screech owl peering from its cavity makes the cavity hole disappear. But the, as the bird's plumage blends with the pattern, pattern of the tree bark, in photos I've seen, that seems to be a common, a common thing. They, they look just like the trees. It's amazing. A curious owl-snake association occurs in the south-central and southwestern United States where screech owls capture Texas blind snakes as live prey. These small worm-like snakes often escape the owls from the owls inside the nest cavity and thrive there, feeding on nest debris and probably on larval insect parasites. Owlets in these nests seem to grow faster and survive in greater numbers than those in nests without the resident snakes. Damn. 
That's so cool. That's so cool. I love these these strange these strange associations and relationships that maybe at one time were pretty invisible, but people doing the research observed. That's cool. Screech owls are exclusively carnivorous, capturing any prey they can seize and carry with its bill or talons. Rats are the largest mammals they can carry. During warmer seasons, their diet mainly consists of large insects, including moths, June beetles, katydids, cicadas, and crickets, many captured from around lights at night. They also raid songbird nests for adult and nestling birds, wade in the shallows for frogs, crayfish, minnows, and consume earthworms on wet pavements. Mammal prey includes many mice and shrews, much of their fall and winter diet consists of small birds such as sparrows and juncos, as well as rock pigeons and morning doves. Screech owls often decapitate their vertebrate prey when they capture it. Woodpeckers, European starlings, and squirrels are probably the screech owl's main competitors for cavity sites. Since the screech owl pair sometimes roosts apart in separate cavities, a high screech owl population may increase territorial conflicts among the owls. Screech owls often become the prey of nocturnal predators. Great horned owls capture many. Raccoons, opossums, squirrels rob the nest cavities of eggs and owlets. Day roosting owls outside their cavities are often discovered and mobbed by American crows, blue jays, and smaller birds, driving them to flight and thus exposing them to daytime raptors, mainly hawks. The average adult screech owl lives for two or three years, some much longer. Screech owl abundance, though probably much greater today than in pre-settlement North America, is declining. Urbanization, loss of hedgerows, fields conductive, conducive to mice, and the foresters' compulsion to clean up woodlots by eliminating dead trees have tended to drive out screech owls. Where tree cavities are sparse, a nest box placed in the right habitat may attract a pair. Birders have made increasing use of taped screech owl calls in the field, not only for owling at night, but also year-round daytime censusing of songbirds, since the calls excite mobbing behavior in many species. These tapes should generally not be used during the breeding season, as the calls may evoke unnecessary disruption and territorial disturbances. That's cool. And uh, it gives a, a reference to Eastern Screech Owl life history, um, ecology, and behavior in the suburbs and countryside. College Station, Texas, A&M University Press, 1994. That might be a useful book to check out. So it said there that the screech owls don't hang, in, hang out in conifers. But if I'm correct, I've been like in some kind of like pine plantation, not quite a pine plantation, but like maybe rows of pines, small younger pines um, along the Bruce Trail. I remember one spot just off Dumby Road where I go with the tracking apprenticeship. And we found a lot of screech owl 
uh, sign in there, like a lot of their pellets. And I wonder, are, am I wrong then? Am I, I misidentifying these pellets? The pellets look appropriate, but perhaps, perhaps I'm not, I'm not getting them right. Uh, a, a screech owl pellet is about 1.6 to 3.8 centimeters long and about 1 to 1 1.4 centimeters wide. This is according to bird traction sign. So 1 to 1 1.4 wide, 1.6 to 3.8 centimeters long. So it's likely... I don't know. I, th I think that they do hang out in pine somewhat because all those pellets that I found, I think they'd be too small for um, a barred owl or, yeah, I'm not sure who else would have pellets of similar size. Maybe a northern sawit. It could be a northern sawit, but I'm not sure. I wonder if sawits are more common or less common than the than the screech owls. Questions abound. Questions abound. I'm gonna have to find some really cool papers now and do my own research on top of this to see what I can find and maybe even get out owling or do some do like a little owl prowl before the breeding season begins. But if I heard that monotonic trill and it says that might be a sign that a nesting cavity has been found, then maybe the breeding season has begun. When does the breeding season begin? Like when in spring are they, are they talking about it? When are they going at it? I'm gonna have to look that up and see if it's changed and see if this warm spell has any effect on it. This, this, uh, Warmer temperatures in winter, in winter uh, lead to earlier breeding, or is it all about day length or, or night length for them in the photo period? Curious. So many questions. Again, if you're an owl researcher or you know someone who is, please be in touch to knowtheland at gmail.com because I would love to talk to somebody and learn more about these owls. I think I'm going to end it there. I'm not going to read more at you. Um, because, yeah, that gets annoying. But go out and try and find them. Uh, see if you can see any owls out there. If you do, you get photographs or recordings. You can always send them to me to knowtheland at gmail.com. Um, if you want to learn more about the show, you can at knowtheland.com. And I, I hope that I hope that y'all encounter some owls, if they're voices or seeing them or hopefully no collisions. But I hope that there, there's other ways that you encounter these owls because yes, it's a bird like any other bird, like like a blue jay. It's it's no more special than a robin, but it's it's kind of neat to encounter birds at night when that is their time to be active because you know we're, we're generally a diurnal species so if you encounter these birds we don't see that often 
Um, there is something special there, and it's nice to experience. So I hope that other folks get the chance to experience that. Yeah, if you if you appreciate the show, if you're a fan of the show, check out the website. There's lots more to knowtheland.com. If you want to support the show, you totally can at toknowtheland.com forward slash donate. There is a Patreon button that you can click on or just a donation over PayPal. Those things are helpful. Those things are great. Um, big thanks to Eric for, for throwing down. I appreciate it when folks do. I really do. Um, it means a lot to say that people value this work. And it often comes from folks who are already doing similar stuff themselves. So I appreciate that, Eric. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, play it for your friends. If they mentioned, oh, I saw an owl, tell them about this show. Play it for them. Listeners and folks to have interactions with is great. It feels much less masturbatory to be uh, doing this with other people in mind than just for myself. But I'm also happy to learn by myself. Yeah. That's all. That's it. Take care.